But the psalm I chose is Psalm 126. If you have your Bible, open up to Psalm 126. This is one of the collections of the songs of ascents, is what they're called. They're joyful psalms. They're psalms sending up to God going, rock on God, we love you, man. Psalm 126. When the Lord restored his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. We were filled with laughter and we sang for joy. And the other nations said, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord. As streams renew the desert, those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. Now, when I first started reading this and looking into it, one of the things that... I have to do a lot of stuff along with this sermon. I have to have it reviewed. I have to write a paper as to why I'm preaching the sermon. And apparently from David Meniski, I can't say because you told me to. Um, It's a purpose statement. What's the point of the sermon? And then I had to write an exegesis on this scripture. Yeah, like you, I had to go to the internet and go, what is an exegesis? I hadn't written one since seminary. Since like my first year of seminary, I had to figure out what the heck exegesis meant. I knew what it meant. It means taking out of the text uh, what you, you know, what is in the text, break it down. But I had to write a paper on it. So I got all these commentaries out. I got all these books about the Psalms. I got all these commentaries, these guys saying, this is what this Psalm is about. This is what it's talking about. I read all kinds of stuff on Psalm 126. And man, this is a cool Psalm. This is cool. Especially at this point in my life. This psalm, it follows kind of a a normal Jewish pattern. In the first three verses there, they are going, God, remember what you did for us. Remember how good you were to us. Remember that time when we were exiled in Babylon and you brought us back and there was joyful singing and dancing. Remember that time? That was great, wasn't it? Wasn't that great? What all the nations say, they said it was great. You know, everybody looked and said, look what the Lord is doing for them. It is awesome. And then it goes on in verse 4, and they say, do it again. Do it again for us. We're at a point right now, God, where we need it again. Now, the scholars aren't really sure what was going on in Israel at the time that this psalm was written. They know the first part, it was talking about the exile from Babylon. They were coming back into the promised land. God had delivered them once again. But starting at verse verse 4, they're not too sure what's going on, but they do know this. This is what I feel anyway. (laughs) Not that I consider myself a scholar. They are at a time where they need him. They are at a time in the nation's history that they need him. They're down and out. They've been knocked down into the desert. They've, They've been exiled again. Maybe I don't know what's going on, but they need him. God, we feel like you've been away from us for a while. Remember when you were close to us. Remember when you brought us victories and brought us out of exile. We need it again. We're coming back to you. Restore our fortunes, O Lord. Come back to us. This beautiful image of the streams in the desert. We talked a lot about this yesterday. In the desert of the Negev, in the deserts of Israel, no water, doesn't rain. It never rains in the desert of Israel. There are places you can find water, however. 
In some of the places you have these dry creek beds, these dry little river beds where it rains up in the, the rainy country, and then all of a sudden this water, just these called wassies, just woof, floods, 35 feet of water just like that. And then they go back down. And so what some of the Israelites do is they chisel these cisterns into the rock. So when these, these floods come through, it collects water, and they have water there. Problem with that water is it's disgusting. It's nasty. It's stagnant water. It's water that has been washed down from somewhere else, bringing with it debris, bringing with it probably animals, bringing with it feces, bringing with it everything. And then there's that water that they have. Not really the best water to be drinking when you're in the desert. But there's, there's this living water. You ever heard the term living water? Yeah, living water. What, what is, it's water that's fresh, that's new. There's these places in the desert where water just comes out of the rock. Crazy. But water, fresh, cool, clear water comes out of the rock. This living water, this renewing water that's there. Israel is reminding God of this picture. God, remember what you did for us in the past? Okay, we need it again. We need the living water to be for us. We need that living water to come into our life and to refresh us and to renew us because we are down and out and we need it. As I was reading through this the other day, it kind of occurred to me that I go through these periods all the time. I, I don't know if you do, but I go through these periods all the time. I get knocked down and I'm like, God, I need the living water. I need something to fill me up because I can't do it anymore. I feel like I've been drinking from the cistern, this filth, this nasty stuff. I need the real stuff. I need you to come fill me up. For the disciples, there's a lot of times when people are working for God and out there on the front lines that, let's face it, there's people that are working against you. There are forces in this world that are trying to prevent what you're doing. And so you'll get hit upside the head time and time again. And there will be times that you need to come to God and say, God, I need the living water. God, I need you to restore my fortunes. Remember what you did. Do it again. Jenna and I have been living in a period of that time, of crying out. God, we need the living water. God, I don't think we can go on. Time and time again. We've gotten on our knees. We've cried out, God, remember what you've done? Do it again. It's that point of exhaustion for the people of God when you come to this point where you have to cry out, God, I need that water to flow over me. I need you to fill me. There's an interesting thing that I learned yesterday. I guess I had known it, but I had forgotten. And, and one of the things that Ray talked about yesterday was he talked about the shade that you can find in the desert. And this was, this was kind of comical. He showed this picture of a shade tree in the desert. And it was about, about like that. Right there. There's your shade tree. Desert, 120 degrees. Let's go find some shade. Not much there. 
not much hope of getting some respite. I don't know. I mean, we're in South Texas, and, you know, we have some problems with uh, shade trees and such. That was a little uh, more exertion than my mic could take, apparently. Flip it over. I am okay. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate your concern. You know, in South Texas, at least we have some mesquites. You know, we got some bigger trees. We got some, you know, the trash trees is what we call them growing up, but they're a little taller than that. Think about this, 120 degrees, granted it's a dry heat, <laughs> but you're walking through there and just beat down. And have you ever been so hot where you can start feeling it just everywhere? You can just start, boom, boom, boom. you're so hot. That's your only shade. What Ray talked about is he said the shepherds will lie down and put their head underneath the shade, just their head. Because that's all they could get under there. But if you can get your head cooler, you'll be able to survive the hottest part of the day. That little bit of shade. That's what God gives them. That's what God gave Israel as they were wandering through the desert for 40 years. Think about that. They're wandering through the desert for 40 years. A whole nation finding little shade trees like that. God, seriously, you can't have a live oak somewhere in the desert that could surround all of us? You're God. Well, that's not what you need right now. You just need a little bit of shade. See, that was the thing that was comforting and hard for me to hear. Was that when I'm crying out to God, remember what you've done in the past. Remember how great it was when everybody looked around and said, that is awesome, God. Look at what God has done for those people. Do that again in me. Do that again for my daughter. Do that again for my family. And we turn around and there's this little shade tree. And that's all. And so Jen and I fight each other to see who gets the shade. But that's all we need. See, that was the hard thing for me to hear. You know what, Michael? All you need right now is that much shade. I'm going to get you through this minute. We'll talk again next minute. All the while I'm going, God, are you kidding? Do you know how many people read Grace's blog? Yes, I know I haven't updated it in over a month. Get over it. Do you know how many people you know, know Grace and have heard of her story? How many people I don't even know have stopped me and said, how's your daughter doing? Do you know how many people are watching this child and if you heal her, would go, holy cow, did you see what God did? God's like, yeah, but I got something bigger. All you need right now is this bit of shade. All you need right now is this little glass of water. See, God knows what we need. He knows what we need. We not, I might not like it. I might want that just a waterfall of Ozarka of living water coming over me. I might want the biggest beautiful tree ever to lie under. But right now, God's like, you know what? How about we just give you this? And you continue to come to me and you continue to depend on me and you continue to point people towards me because quite frankly, that's the only way you're making it through this is me. Remind people of that. Remind people at the darkest hour of their lives that there is shade. It might not be the greatest shade in the world, but there's shade. That there is living water. Might not be what you're expecting, but there is living water. Working for God sometimes is tough. Not going to lie to you. 
Sometimes my job, yes, that's right, this is for the commissioning, but I'm going to say it sucks. I can't wait till the, they review this transcript. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Sometimes it's tough. But he gives me enough to move on. He gives me enough to support me, to restore the fortunes that I need for that moment. Everybody that's in ministry, and let me tell you something. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're in ministry. You might not have a title. You might not be reverend, whatever. You don't want to be. But you might not be worship director or part of the band or whatever. But you're in ministry. You're in ministry to your family, to your friends, to the people at work, to the people you come into contact with. You're in ministry. And there are going to be times when you're wiped out by it. And you need that shade and you need that living water. And you're saying, God, remember what you did. Do it again. Come back. Fill me up. Give me the shade I need. Here's the cool thing that Ray pointed out yesterday in Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17 is this way in the Bible is... uh, talking about, you know, Jeremiah is one of the prophets and he's talking about this shade stuff. He's talking about this water, this living water. I hope it's Jeremiah 17. I'm guessing on that. Linda was supposed to tell me, but she left. Thanks, Linda. What he says is, it's not Jeremiah 17, Linda. What he says is this. He says, there's going to be shade for you. There's going to be water for you. And I'm going to make you the agent of that shade, of that water. There's going to be a time when I'm going to give you the power to be the shade tree for someone. I'm going to give you the blessing of being the living water for someone. See, Jesus did a great job of it while he was here, but he's no longer here. It's our turn. God's given us the power to restore the fortunes, the psalmist says. God's given us the power to be the shade for somebody, to be the living water for someone. I was sitting next to my sister-in-law yesterday during this thing. And I turned to her during this thing. I said, you know what? You've really been shade for us. And she kind of, oh, whatever, Michael. This is what happens when I don't write anything down. I don't prepare. (laughs) I get emotional about it. Blessings upon you. Who said that? You? (laughs) You were so there yesterday, weren't you? I know you were. I saw you there. Isaiah 32. That is outstanding. There's a little shade for me right there. My hour of distress. Steve Waters is writing stuff down right now. He has no idea where scripture is. Do you know, remember the verse, smart Alec? No, you don't, do you? Throwing out chapter like it's all, you know, a short chapter. Isaiah's pretty long-winded. <laughs> bring it, bring it. Look, a righteous king is coming, and honest princes will rule under him. He will shelter Israel. From the storm and the wind, he will refresh her as a river in the desert and as the cool shadow of a large rock in a hot and weary land. 
then everyone who can see will be looking for God and those who can hear will listen to his voice. Even the hotheads among them will be full of sense and understanding. Those who stammer in uncertainty will speak out plainly. It starts at the beginning of Isaiah 32. You're the shade. You're the water. You're the reason that I can make it through. Moment by moment. You're the reason that your friend turns to you and says, I'm having a horrible day and I need to talk to you. You're the shade for them. You're the water for somebody who comes to you that you don't even know and says, I need some help. See, we're reminding God of something he did a long time ago. And this is the cool thing about it. He's like, okay, it was awesome. It was fun. There was joy and dancing and singing. Now, why don't you do that? I know you are, Alex. That's why I love you. Why don't you be the shade? Why don't you be the water for somebody and experience what it feels like to do that for someone? Restore the fortunes of the people that are crying out for help, of the weak and the tired, of the poor and the needy. Restore the fortunes of those people. It says right there, verse 4, 5, those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed. It's not always a pleasant trip when you're trying to be the shade or the water. But listen to this. But they sing as they return with the harvest. I can't tell you how exciting it is to feel the shade of God. I can't tell you how peaceful it is in the moment of my daughter having a seizure in a body cast that smells to high heaven to know that God's in control. Just if it's even for a moment, I have this peace. It's going to be okay. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen next week. But I'm okay right now. God has restored my fortunes. So rejoice. Rejoice. Because he wants to. Because he wants to restore your fortunes. He wants to be that living water. He wants to be that shade for you. So rejoice. As you cry out to him, he will answer. I want to do something right now. On the count of three, yes, I stole this as well. I want you to all rejoice on the count of three. Are you ready? Some of you Longhorn fans, it's going to be harder than the rest of us. But <laughs> yes, I was hoping to work that one in. The other pastors that review this are really going to understand that one. So on the count of three, I want you to rejoice. All right, you ready? You with me? Rejoice however you want to rejoice. One, two, three. Okay, they were there yesterday. They were waving stuff around. Woo! Yeah. That was good. That was good. Now, 
This time on the count of three, I want you to rejoice like you've had the worst year ever of your life. That you look back over 2006 and you're like, I cannot wait till 2007. It cannot get here quick enough. This year has just stunk. It has been horrible. Everything that's gone wrong has gone wrong. And then all of a sudden, here comes this giant shade tree. Here comes this rush of Ozarka water washing across you. And you're going to rejoice because God has restored your fortunes. One, two, three. Go! I am so glad Ray Vanderlyn is not in here at the moment. At least I don't see him. How many of you have ever gone to a Spurs game? Okay. I was there the other night when they played Phoenix. And let me tell you, it was like a playoff game. People got so stinking loud and crazy. I don't know if you remember the game. It went into overtime. Spurs pulled it out. People were going nuts. It was so loud in that building. And yet, what was God doing? Were they rejoicing for God? No, they were rejoicing for Tim Duncan. Yeah, I like Tim Duncan just as much as the next guy. Rejoice. It's an honor and a privilege. And let me tell you something. When we rejoice for God, he digs it. That's what he lives for. He lives for us turning to him going, thank you, God. Thank you so much for being in my life, for carrying me from this moment to the next. Thank you. I don't understand what the heck is going on in my life, but I love the fact that you are there. I love the fact that when I turn to you, you are there. It might not be what I'm looking for, but I know you're there. I know you'll carry me through. And I know if I drop dead this moment that I will see you face to face and I'll get to rejoice with you and everyone that has gone before me. Father, I thank you. Man, I I scream for the Aggies. I scream for the Spurs. But do I scream for God? No, because we're Methodists. Yeah, that's right. We're Methodists, Michael. (laughs) We might be doing a contemporary service, but we're still in the Methodist church. We just don't do that here. John Wesley wouldn't approve. Are you kidding me? John Wesley was like four foot two and he used to stand on top of stuff to preach to people and scream and holler and yell so people could hear him. He's wondering why the heck we aren't yelling. He's wondering why the heck when we walk out of this room that people aren't going, are you smoking crack? Why are you so happy? Because I got God in my life. Because I know that whatever comes my way, God will restore my fortunes. Little, big, whatever. Rejoice in the Lord. There's a, a line in the song we sang right before. It says something to the effect, Daryl, help me out. I, I lose myself in your praise. Is that what it is? <laughs> you so don't know. Wow. <laughs> the art of losing myself and bringing you praise. Thank you, Stacy. At least someone in the Smith family is on top of stuff. The art of losing myself and bringing you praise. The art of just letting go. Let me tell you, I am... I'm preaching this and I'm not listening to it myself all the time because I was thinking about saying this and using this line when we sang it and I was standing up here singing just like this. I kind of beat my head around and stuff, you know, but I'm not losing myself. I'm containing myself because I'm worried about what Marianne DeSabato is going to think of me if I start going nuts or Megan Alexander Or Carrie Spielhagen. And all the people behind me. Or Alex. I know you'll love me, whatever I do, so that's okay. 
I'm worried about it. I, I love... I love that song. It's no longer there. I love that song. That song is so incredible to me. I, I, I love the way it builds. I love the key change. I'm a music guy, so I get into that stuff. I love the way it goes. I love the flow of it. I love the words of it. I love the sentiment of it. When I sing those words, I'm like, dude, I, I've got to sing that song. And yet I sit there, and the, the highest my hands get are like this. I'm not saying you have to be a holy roller and run up and down the pew and just, you know, be crazy and nuts for God, but why not? Why not if you feel so passionate about it? Aren't you doing a little hand raise, doing a little clapping? It's like pulling teeth sometimes to get us to clap. I know they're up here going, hello, it's not that hard. We learned to do it in kindergarten. And yet we're out here, lose myself in the praise of God, lose myself even in the darkest moments of God because I know the shade is there. I know the living water is there. I gotta just let go. Say, God, I love you. I worship you. I don't care what happens. I don't care what Marianne said. I mean, Marianne Sabato, really. She probably is raising her hand anyway. I just don't turn around. She's crazy nuts too. She's an elementary school teacher. She has to be. Why can't I lose myself? I want to. I see people doing it. And I'm like, why can't I do that? Yesterday, when people were raising their hands like they had palm branches in their hands and shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, God save us. He was having 2,000 people do that. Guess what I was doing? Hosanna, Hosanna, God save us. Yeah, seriously. I'm sitting next. There weren't even really many people behind me. And I'm next to my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, and some friends. Hosanna, Hosanna, God save us. Restore our first fortunes, O Lord. If you look, there's exclamation points after that. They don't always put exclamation points in the text. There's a reason when they put them there. My wife, everything she writes, exclamation point at the end of it. You think that she talks like this all the time? God, not so much. There's sometimes when he whispers. There's sometimes when he's just talking. But there are times... Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. You got to bring it to God. He wants us to rejoice. He wants us to feel the power when it comes to the whole body of Christ standing up and going, Hallelujah. Yes. Alex and I planned that earlier. Restore our fortunes, O Lord. Restore our fortunes. Let us feel the shade of the body of Christ. Let us experience the living water of the body of Christ. In our darkest moments, let us remember you. And let us always lose ourselves in bringing you praise. This is your last chance. One, two, three. I guarantee you. Was that spirit hands I just saw right there? Awesome. I guarantee you that this, (laughs) I guarantee you that if you continue to do this, if you continue to lose yourself in praise, it will become more natural and more meaningful to you. And you will experience that shade and you will experience that water from God like never before. Lose yourself. 
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you. Father, we we thank you so much for bringing us praise, for bringing us the things that we need, the shade, the water. Lord, give us the heart to desire you. Give us the heart to rejoice in your name, to rejoice when we feel the shade in the living water. Help us to put aside our, our crazy Methodist American ways and just to lose ourselves in bringing you praise. Father, we thank you and praise you that that you are a God who restores our fortunes. That when we cry out to you, you will deliver us. We thank you for those times, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.